Do you have a client whose pain will not go away, but no one's been able to determine the cause? Well, it may have to do with their medical provider during the pregnancy or birth. In today's podcast, I talk with my coworker, Mary Jean Starr, about specific cases where clients had pain that would not go away, and the common thread and source just happened to be rooted in statements from their medical providers that impacted their body and our clients were unaware. Hello friends, this is Lynn Schulte and you are listening to the Birth Healing Summit podcast. We are here for meaningful conversations that will transform the way you work with pregnant and postpartum clients. Whether it is a new perspective, tool, or technique, you'll be able to implement it into your practice today. I invite you to sit back, listen with an open mind, and grab the golden nugget today's guest has to offer. Now let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode. Today, I have with me Mary Jean Starr. Hi, Mary Jean. Hi, Lynn. (laughs) So Mary Jean works with me at the Center for Birth Healing, and we were talking about a couple of patients that we had worked with one week. And um, they both had a similar theme. And while we have talked a lot about um, postpartum trauma and the trauma that happens during the labor, we've talked a little bit about the trauma of actually being pregnant and how, you know, someone who has hyperemesis or just the pains and the difficulties of being pregnant can be somewhat traumatizing to a person. Um, These couple of cases that we're going to talk about actually are what happened to our clients from the care that they were receiving from their birthing professionals. Okay. And so Mary Jean, why don't you start with one of your clients and what they were experiencing? So I had um, a client come to me. Uh, She was actually postpartum at the time that she showed up, but we started working on her tissues and she could not get the pelvic floor to relax. And I did, you know, I did all the orthopedic stuff that we talk about in the postpartum course, but there was more to it. And as we dug deeper, she was 37 weeks pregnant and her provider told her her baby was too small and was no longer developing. And I understand from the provider's perspective that, hey, this kid isn't meeting the chart requirements. So something's wrong. We got to get the baby out. And, and she said, did they, did they do an ultrasound? Is that how they determined that the baby was too small? Um, she had, I think it must've been an ultrasound or a belly measurement yeah. that it wasn't hitting the growth marks that they yeah. were looking for. Um, so they told her that she had to go straight to the hospital and be induced. Okay, so I just want to interrupt here for a minute because it brought me back to my experience with my babies. Um, I had a newer uh, OB who had just joined the practice. I'm not sure how long he'd been in practice, but I remember him measuring my belly. And, you know, he did it a couple of times and then he's like, let's do an ultrasound. And so we did an ultrasound. And my assumption from it was that I'm very long waisted. And so my baby wasn't expanding out or the fundus or there was something about it that made him question. He thought I was too small. So I'm just, I want every, I want us all to help inform our, our clients, our pregnant clients that there, we really need to question our providers and really get the info. Like, I, like, I want to know, like, how do you think, why do you think this baby is tiny? 
Is it measurements? Is it ultrasound? What What's the sense there? So for her, I'm pretty sure it's ultrasound. She's okay. does not. She's not a tall person. Okay. Um, okay. She's about five four. Okay. Your <laughs> size. <laughs> so for her, it was, you know, and the minute she said, the minute they told me something was wrong with the baby, that it was too small, and she goes. I just went with what the doctor told me I had to do, but we convinced the doctor to let us run across the street to Walmart to get snacks <laughs> <laughs> so that she could come back and get induced. And they literally like they went, they had an hour at Walmart, came back to the hospital and was induced. And afterwards, as we were trying to work on her pain, it was one of those things where she was like, intuitively, I knew my baby was fine. Mm. And she just didn't feel comfortable speaking up and questioning her provider, like, can we wait? You know, can I come in more often and you can check to make sure nothing happens to the baby? Because she she was terrified that the baby was going to die, you sure. know? So sure. we had to use, you know, all the techniques that you kind of help us with in the advanced course where it was like, okay, first of all, we got to realize the body needs to realize the baby didn't die yes yeah and then realizing that your intuition was right Um, and you denied it and so as we started shifting the belief of like I didn't have a say Mm. you know my words didn't matter and my intuition you know I had to do what the doctor said as we start shifting her beliefs her pelvic floor started relaxing because we weren't holding that trauma in yeah and she was like you know she she to this day is like if I could have held that baby in until 40 weeks I wouldn't have any of this issue and she had grade two tear and the labor was long I think it ended up being 50 some hours long because induction just took forever the body wasn't ready Right. to birth and she didn't have a support person besides for her husband who was present yeah. so there wasn't a doula or anyone yeah. there to be like hey you know like energetically we are not having any flow here right. <laughs> she didn't want the c-section so she just kept pushing okay yeah and she's like, so, <laughs> yeah so i want to go back to um, you were trying to close the bones and do all the mobilizations that I teach in the postpartum course. And what made you know or sense that like it wasn't landing, like it, it wasn't working? So one, the bones didn't stay put. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and I even gave her the closing the bones exercise as homework to do. Yeah. She was like, I did it every single day. And she came back and she was still splayed. So that was there, everybody. Listen (laughs) to that. Huge sign. The body's not ready to close because you know it needs to happen. It wasn't. And then when I had asked initially about her birth story, there was a lot of emotion there. Mm -hmm. And just things intuitively, I was like, oh, okay. I, there's a lot in the tissue. And even as, you know, the first time we did internal, um, which was her second visit, because in the hospital, 
that I work in, I only get 40 minutes with clients. So I didn't have time to get there after her story. But um, even as I was going internally, I could feel the bones start to separate. Oh, wow. Wow. And as I was in, the pain increased. And she was like, this is getting like more painful. So I was literally having her squeeze my fist (laughs) with one hand while the other hand was in. And she goes, oh, that takes away my pain. And I'm like, because I'm closing as I'm doing this. And the fact that I needed to do both at the same time, I was like, this is not going to stay at all. Because if this is the second time in the session, I'm doing this and it keeps opening to me, that's like, okay, we got to go this is not on this physical level anymore. We have to go back and replay the birth. And, you know, when we went through and she started replaying that birth, it was, I told the doctor, I wasn't comfortable with the induction that I would come back every single day instead of, and they lived 35 minutes from the hospital. So she was like, I'll come back every day. I'm not having this baby today, you know? And she started being able to speak up for herself. So that's what you shifted her to. Yeah. Is helping her to to stand because it seems like to me there's two issues going on there. Is one is the the forced induction, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't really want this, but the other is not being able to stand up for her truth and her own knowingness. And right. I think that is a huge, huge piece of the puzzle for all of us, especially working postpartum. It's like, we need to help our moms. I, I just had someone and I don't remember the full experience or what it was about, but they said something and I was like, oh, that's so important. And it was her truth. And, you know, it's like, I just had to stop her and go, wait a minute, you knew you, your body and you knew that that was important or whatever it was. And I forget what it was, but it's like, I had to stop the moment and just help her to realize that a part of her instinctually knew her intuitively knew her truth. And a lot of our clients get bullied out of it. And I don't want to put any disparaging words on providers because they're doing their best. And, and we, we need to honor that. And, And we also need to honor that their fear is what's driving their decisions and their their care. And if we can help clear away that fear and help someone really come home to their own truth in their body, that's what can really help our clients in in being able to stand in their truth and, and be okay with what's going on in that birth process. Yeah. Um, So that was, I remember you telling me that story and I was just like, oh my gosh. And I had this client that um, came in and she was, um, she had just had, and let's see how far along she had three-year-old twins. So she had a seven-year-old and three-year-old twins. And um, she was complaining of a lot of right hip pain, sciatic issues on the right, urgency, uh, agonizing pain with ovulation. She had scar tissue um, from the uh, from the C-sections because she had a C-section with her first baby. And then uh, oh, she had C-sections for both births, for all, all of them. Um, but what was so interesting when she was telling her story is that she actually had her twins during COVID. 
but not only, so that, that in of itself, really everybody that had babies in 20 and 21, 20 really was the worst of it, wasn't it? Yes. Um, and so during that time, like just massive trauma, massive heightened anxiety and, you know, tension in their body. But what made her story even more unique was that she personally has a heart condition. And so um, because of the heart condition, they, they didn't want her to push during her birth. So that's why they did a C-section with the first baby. And and she, um, let's see, she had, but wait a minute, she had an assistant second stage forceps delivery nine years ago. Oh, maybe she's had four kiddos. Sorry, I don't have all the, the details here. But anyway, um, they didn't want her to push because of her heart condition. Then she goes and gets pregnant with twins. And the doctors were even more alarmed at her situation, thinking that her heart was not going to be able to handle this twin pregnancy. And so um, when I worked with her, um, yes, there were C-section scarring, but we had to go right back to the pregnancy and I needed to like the, the biggest thing that was the most helpful for her was helping her body to realize that she made it through the pregnancy mm-hmm. because she had that limiting belief that I'm going to die. That well, it, and That's just from the words we use. And I, I think yeah. that is the key and what we're trying to get across is whether you're the physician or the physical therapist or even the friend. The words we use make such a huge impact on us because even though, you know, her first pregnancy, she might not have thought, oh, I have a heart condition, you know, but no one told her not to get pregnant probably at that point in time, or if they did, whatever it happens. Right. Yeah. Um, But that little inkling of, oh God, something could be wrong. Yeah. You know, like I could die in this, you know, it's, it's, it's our words can trigger something deep seated yeah a fear or something within that client that then gets stuck and really affects the rest of the pregnancy the labor and then the postpartum period right because we're not addressing that core fear that we whether intentionally or not instilled in them right and and back at the beginning of it right and, and that's why I so love the, the information I teach in the birth healing intensive, because we listen to the response of the tissues. And when you can feel like that stuck energy in the body, where no matter what, like it's the stuck craniosacral flow or a tissue that just does not want to let go or the bones that keep opening back up, whatever it is. If you start talking about the the postpartum, like how they're feeling right now, and nothing changes in, in your hands, that's not it. If you talk about the labor and nothing changes in your hands, that's not the topic that's being held in those tissues. But if you go back to that fear of, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant with twins and I have a heart condition, and then you start to feel the softening of the tissue then you know you're on the right topic. And that's what's so important for us as to to really help get that release in the tissue is we need to make sure that we're listening to the body and the response in the tissues to be on the right topic. 
I agree. I mean, a lot of times for me, instead of feeling, I might not feel it soften when I hit the right topic. What I'll feel is kind of buzziness. Oh, okay. Like, um, the tissues will start moving even if they're not softening. So yep. that will tell me, but okay, I went from something frozen yep. that's yes. just not moving, you know, yep. no cranial rhythm, no, nothing in this tissue, you know, it's just there. Right. To, oh, wait a minute, something's starting to shift, something's yep. starting. And that's kind of how I know we're on the right topic. Yes. Yeah. And, it might start just a little bit and I'm like, we're near the right topic. <laughs> not the perfect thing yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, but the tissues can guide us. And that's what's so fun about this work is that we don't have to guess. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's like going down the different paths. Which path could it be that's going to help these tissues the most? And when you can feel that response in the in the body, then that leads you is like, yes, this is where we need to go. So, um, you know, my client was amazed at how different she felt. And the other piece to that is the limiting belief. Like she thought she was going to die because she had this heart condition. Now she's carrying twins. And I think it's the, the fear they're picking up on the fear from the practitioners too. Um, and, and so helping them to discern and clear out their doctors and that fear and really getting centered and okay with themselves. I think that's another big piece to the puzzle that we can offer our clients is to help them find their truth. And when they're being influenced to do something because of statistics or size or whatever it is, um, I just like to take all that and put it aside and just help a person come back to their body and see what their body. And again, we can use that response of the tissues to help a person to determine what their yes and what their no is. So we can have that. What I like to do with my clients is just have them. Okay. I want you to feel into your pelvic space, feel into your baby or uterus, wherever they I get drawn or they should get drawn. Um, and, and feel, okay, let's, let's put this choice in your body. How's your, your body respond to this choice? And then now let's set that aside and let's bring in this other choice. And what do you notice in your body with that choice? And what I have to say is that if it's a really big choice, like whether to go have a C-section or, you know, to do an induction or not do an induction, I never give my opinion. If their body did not discern it and they did not figure it out on their own, I leave it at that because I don't want to say, oh, your body told me you should do this because I don't want that responsibility. Right. (laughs) That's, that's something that they need to come to, to, to figure out on their own. Like what am I comfortable with? Right. You know, I currently have multiple clients who are pregnant who have, you know, hypertension during the birth, you know, during their pregnancy. So, you know, the one is like, hey, if I have to have a C-section and they have to induce me, no problem. I'm okay with it. My other one is like, there is no way I can have this child anyway, but for naturally. You know, because she has had an induction in the past, 
it was an awful birth for her. And even though we've been working on that birth specifically, it's still, she has that memory. Yeah. And so she's looking at the doctors going, they're telling me this and I'm going, okay, well, what does your body say? Where, what do you feel comfortable with? And if you're not comfortable with it, what options can you ask for from a physician? Because you can always ask for options from a physician. So you can say, you know, I know you want to induce at 37 weeks. Is there a way that if I come in and get checked every other day, Mm -hmm. that we could push this induction out further to allow the baby to potentially come naturally? Right. You know, and have that discussion and give them the power to use their own words to follow what their body is saying, where many of us, you know, especially post-COVID, we lost our say. Yeah, yeah. And we were just forced to do things the way we could because of all the medical restrictions. So now that we don't have as many medical restrictions, people aren't able to advocate for themselves. And so my role as treating them pregnant is how would you like to advocate for yourself? You tell me the words because I'm much less threatening than your OB. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, when we're talking to the OB, you know, if I was your OB, what would you ask? You know, what do you want to know? What and be that person who they can practice having a voice with so that when it does come to the situation, they can ask the question, well, why? Is it just a statistic that you're following? Is it? Because we all know that there are so many scores that it's like, my age counts against me, my gender counts against, you know, my race counts against me, that it's going to lead towards something that a mom might not be comfortable with just because of the, the stats that the doctors are required to follow at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, um, you know, it reminds me of my birth, you know, my doctor's like, okay, come back in at midnight and we'll induce you. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I stood up for myself and I'm like, I want to go home and get some sleep before I start inducting this. Right. And, and it was hospital protocol that after 24 hours of, you know, waters being broke, we need to start induction. And, and I was like, but I didn't get any sleep last night. I don't want to go into labor two nights in a row and then bring a baby into this world. (laughs) I want my sleep, darn it. Um, So, (laughs) you know, being sleep, I love my sleep. So, um, but I think it's so important for us to help assist our clients in finding their voice and finding their power and finding their truth, which we can help them to find their truth by paying attention to the yeses and nos that come through their body, the signals in their body, the, the softening, the relaxation in the body that is the yes and the tightening that is the no or however they sense it, right? Everybody feels it and senses it differently. But if we can help them, okay, just sense your body. What do you, you know, just see where you sense now, bring one choice in. Now, what do you sense? Okay, set that aside. Now bring the other choice in and what do you sense in your body there? And and then let them figure out what the meaning of those senses are in their body. Like that's the way we can really empower our clients to help them find their truth and help them navigate this path and re-empower them to find, to be able to birth and to do things in the way that they want to have it done. 
So, yeah. And so just listening to, and and then also just another tidbit here is to help you all to realize that just because you're feeling tension and pain in that C-section scar or in their, their perineum or in their pelvis, it may not be from the birth but actually something that occurred during pregnancy that needs to be healed. Absolutely. Okay. So, all right. Any, any last words that you want to share, Mary Jean? Um, Just remember you're an advocate. You know, we, we are all advocating for our patients. It's not our job to tell them what's right or wrong, but to give them a voice for what, what's true for them and what they, what their desires are. Because once they have that voice, you know, the likelihood of them having trauma postpartum, if we can see them during pregnancy, goes down because someone advocated for them and taught them how to advocate for themselves during that whole process. Yeah. So, so important. Thank you. Thank you so much for this time, Mary Jane. This was fun. We'll do it again, I'm sure. (laughs) Okay. All right. Thanks everybody for listening in. I hope you got a couple of good nuggets there to take to your practice, to share with your clients, to support them in having smoother births and faster recoveries. We'll see y'all in the next episode. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.